Patricia. Hey. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. Awesome. 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 Welcome back to Seattle. Oh, it's awesome to be here. And it's a beautiful sunny day. This Seattle is a rare is showing thing. Off. This is a rare thing. <laughs> it, 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 uh, uh, yeah. Seattle showing off just for you. Yeah. Because uh, it hasn't necessarily been this way. It's just been nonstop rain. You know? I know. I, I've lived in Vancouver. I was born and raised in Vancouver and very similar weather. And that's why everything's green, right? We yeah. get lots of rain. When the sun's out, this is one of the best yeah. places on earth to be. But, exactly. you know, we have to endure, what, like 10 months, you know, of rain in order to get these kinds of days. Right. Patricia, I, I, I thought it'd be fun just to dive into um, just what, what Jesus is doing on the earth right now. There's, there's, it feels like there's so much momentum right now um, and, and everything from it, it might seem silly to people, but even just just beginning the year with the Super Bowl and uh, yeah. and Bob's word about, about the Chiefs yeah. and about these hidden apostles that were going to be coming out and like just uh the 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 uh anticipation for harvest and salvations and souls so and and you're kind of you're kind of everywhere what are you seeing jesus do? like what what makes you the most excited as far as what you're seeing uh in the kingdom and on the earth right now All right well it's the most amazing time Ever to be alive, right? That we get to be come alive on, in this on, day and age is phenomenal. But everything is escalating. It is like, Darren, it's just crazy. Like, I was just thinking, you know, I was uh, uh, doing some studying on the last 70 years from two, from 1950 to 2020, right? And the escalation of God over that period and um, how that we have just kept growing and growing, expanding, expanding. And so we come into um, this last 20 years. And we had like Reinhard Bonka, I think his his largest gathering back in 1990 was like a million souls came in, right? And it was just like, I mean, I used to weep when I looked at that picture, right? It was a picture of harvest. Just the, the, the faces the as far as you could see. Of it. Yeah, it was as far as the eye could see. And I would just weep. I thought, I can't even imagine a million people coming together. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, so then... In 2000, in the year 2000, he had 6 million people. I'm really sorry. No, you're good. Bonky. (coughs) Yeah, you're good. (coughs) So he had 6 million people in the year 2000, and it kept escalating, escalating. So nowadays, it's not unusual to have crusades of a million people. Right, right, It happens all the time now. And there are hundreds of thousands of people getting saved per day oftentimes in those crusades. I was in one just a little while ago down in Bolivia where there was about half a million. Wow. And again, it was very surreal. Half a million people at one crusade? Half a million people in attendance. Wow. And it was just... uh, I mean, you just weep when you think all these people are gathering. And they're not sitting on chairs. There's not air-conditioned rooms. This is like 
outdoors, everyone's standing for hours, and all of a sudden Jesus shows up in miracles, signs, and wonders, and this harvest comes in. Um, over 300,000 documented salvations. That's incredible. That yeah, is so awesome. On. That is so you know, amazing. It, it's just so, but that's in one sweep. That was a one-night crusade. Now, this is not unusual. I mean, they're happening all over. We know our friend Charlie Champ. He had a significant event over in Pakistan that you and I were both involved in. And we were expecting about 70, 75,000 people. And there's hundreds of thousands of people showed up and just God showed up in power, miracles, signs, and wonders. So this is what we're seeing. We have the SEND event. Um, down in South America just recently filled three stadiums of people for the one event. Three stadiums. That's incredible. I couldn't believe the pictures I was seeing coming I out know, of there. It and just... it was a commissioning of the body of Christ into the harvest field. So we're living in a pretty spectacular day and it is not unusual like i remember when i was a brand new christian if you heard about a miracle of healing it was huge right it was fully celebrated and it was um wonderful but they were few and far between well now there's barely a day that goes by when you don't hear of someone being touched by the lord in their body or you know i mean it might be as simple as a headache leaving but back in the day when we first started seeing the power of god move that was huge yeah absolutely you know? And now cancers are being removed. People are, you know, people's bodies are being quickened and, you know, extreme miracles. You know, that is not unusual anymore. The dead being raised is not unusual anymore. Yeah, and come on, come on. it's just amazing. I mean, this is becoming supernatural natural, right? It's very... A very beautiful day that we're living in. And the Bible says the latter glory of the house is greater That's than right. the former. That's so right. what are we going to anticipate? What are we coming into? And how should we prepare? Because I believe there's going to be a mobilization of the whole body into harvest. So it's possible that like you think that as far as the stuff that we're seeing right now, like the, the, the quantity of events, the size of the events, and the fruit of these events that are taking place all over the world, that it's possible that the earth has never seen such momentum and the kingdom is what we're actually seeing right now? Never before studied, studied church history or Bible history. Whenever, of course, whenever has there been so many people on the face of the earth, sure, of course. Sure. But with the technology that we have today, do you know that um, you know back in the 1960s, and 1970s, there was such a change in the church at that time, even music-wise. Just think of this one area, mm -hmm. okay? So up to about 1960s, early 1970s, it was traditional for there to be a song leader in the church and an organ and a hymn book. And then, of course, in the 1960s and 70s, choruses were introduced during the charismatic renewal. Yeah. But what happened? What happened since then? I mean, back then in the day when they pulled out the guitar and we started singing Kumbaya, that was a big deal, right? <laughs> right, absolutely. But now it's like you can't even keep up with all the songs. The songs of the Lord and the worship unto the Lord, the praise, the adoration, the celebration of the Lord is on media, for one thing. You can do a playlist on media 24-7 in your own home. You can worship the Lord. And you cannot even keep track with all the songs. I travel to a lot of different places, and there's lots of places where I find, wow, never heard that song before, never heard that one before, because the, there's there's just a, a, a pregnant womb in the church that is given Wow. birth to so much in this hour wow. and as far as souls evangelism has never been so easy even think of missionaries okay back in the day up until about the 
you know, the missionary movement of, let's say, YWAM, Keith Green Ministries, mm-hmm. Agape Force now, when they went into a lot of the shorter-term missions and trained the young people and just sent them out everywhere. Up until that time, which was basically late 60s, early 70s, um, the traditional missionaries, they would go through Bible school, and then they would be sent out by the church into their mission field for life, and they might come back a few times to raise support or to show their their slides, you know. Um, but I mean, that was it. And now everyone's going to and fro, to and fro, in and out, all over the place. Not only in the natural, but also being transported in the spirit. And so we are living in this day and hour where we've never had so much. We've never been so affluent as far as, you know, a corporate nation like everyone having access to everything um it is an amazing day that we are living in and god is breathing on every good thing and we're just kind of in the current of that wind saying okay lord here we are let's go for it well i think it's so cool uh i absolutely believe it i absolutely believe it and and it's so cool because sometimes it's easy to not see that perspective um in fact uh, i just i'm reading a book right now called the myth of the dying church and it's actually going through um it's giving a a bunch of stats of what's happening within the church right now it's a completely different narrative than what's been painted for the last 10 years because there has been this narrative that the church is dying and that it's not growing and that churches are shutting down um but what's interesting is one of the things that that book talks about is is no it's the compromised churches are dwindling and shutting down but the, but that churches that are adhering to the centrality of christ that's awesome. and, and the supremacy of god's word they're not dwindling actually they they are growing and that we're actually seeing mass like you could say that we are actually seeing a, a major revival right now in the u.s Absolutely. in the church I it's just it. sometimes yeah. i wonder if we if we overly frame out revival in right. the context of of the last hundred years versus what god is doing we, We've got to really have eyes to see and ears to hear because he's doing a new thing. Well, if you think of what he's done even in this last 30 years, let's say, because there was the emergence. Well, I mean, through Korea, there was the emergence of the cell group churches that gave birth to a lot of the home home churches and that. So we've got that whole movement. There's a big movement out of England, a big movement in South America where house churches were being birthed constantly. And I mean, that's huge just even in that, right? Absolutely. And then you've got your mega churches. And I know that people have some negative things to say about mega churches, but I've been in a few and I thought they were fantastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, wherever Jesus is being preached and his word is being preached, it's amazing, you know, and God's drawing the people in. And there would be like 20,000 people in a church, right? And um, some of them, um, you know, like uh, Apostle Maldonado's church in Miami, Florida, 20,000 uh, church, uh, 20,000 people, uh, church. And plus, because there's so many satellite churches in that, but they're all filled with the Holy Spirit and working miracles. In fact, it's a demand in the Spirit, actually, is that, come on, if you're a real Christian, you'll be working That's miracles, right? right? That's awesome. That's and awesome. And so this is in our day. This is happening right now. And of course, we've got Bethel with a whole kingdom culture being spread globally. We've got a new like supernatural missions movement where you've got um, Heidi Baker, for example, uh, birthed out of the 94 revival. Uh, there was a struggling missionary um, where she was struggling with three churches, or three plants, I should say, that were failing. 
all of a sudden Holy Spirit breathes on it and she's in almost every dark nation of the world bringing light, right? And all these missionaries gathered in from all over the world just being sent into these dark places to love. This is happening in our it's day. Incredible. That doesn't sound like a dead church. That's right. That's right. Compromise has to go, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that probably if you look at some of the traditional churches where there's religious um, order but denying the power, denying the Holy Spirit, probably those are dying, which is probably um, beneficial in many ways. I mean, you don't want to see anything die. You want sure. to see everything come to life. But if those are dying, then we need to go raise Lazarus from the dead, yeah, take that's off right. the grave clothes, and that's let's right. see them that's live, right. right? That's right. Yeah, you know, um, uh, it's interesting. Um, uh, I forgot. I, forgot, I was going to say something, and then, then, then completely, completely lost it. <laughs> we were talking about the dying churches. Let's resurrect them. Yeah. Um, perceptions of people thinking the church is dying. Uh, well, yeah. I, I, like I'm even thinking about just what what the, what what's happening in L.A. right now, right? Like like all these nightclubs are turning into churches. And so that that's a new kind of kind of a yeah. thing, you know. And then you got all these celebrities that are that are attending I these churches. And a lot of them aren't necessarily even believers yet, but they're going to church. Yeah, you know, and then exactly. a lot of them are actually are actually I mean, and then what God's everything that's happening with with, with Kanye, Kanye and, and so then, amazing. I mean, you know, I think that ties a lot into the prophetic words on stadiums, stadiums, I see stadiums, right? And uh it's like who would have thought like we have in our mind what a stadium event is going to look like. That's right. Um you know, you hear prophetic words about all these stadiums filling. So you're thinking, you know, maybe something like Billy Graham or whatever and then Kanye shows up right. and he's having Every week, stadium events practically, right, 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 and he's calling people to righteousness and calling them out of the things that are harmful to them, with so much grace and love. It's just so beautiful, right? Yeah, absolutely. And um, and, and people are coming to Jesus and just flocking to the Lord in these big gatherings. It's just amazing, and and God's just hello, surprise, here I am in a different way than you ever would have thought. Yeah. And so we have to be open in this hour. We cannot have an old paradigm, even an old renewal paradigm. That's true. That's um, true. Could could keep us from what God is about to do. Yeah, God is moving. Yeah. yeah, He is on the move. You know, one of the things you were talking about is like is how God is using media, and more specifically, social media. Because back in the day, right, in, right. in order to be in media. You had you had to have some capital. You had to have some funding in order to. And I remember, like when I was in Bible school, I did my my schooling through the assemblies, and some of their their Bible courses were great. Some of their practical ministry courses were a little out of date. I remember, like the evangelism course that I took, it said um, the first thing that you should do is raise a bunch of money and get on TV. If you can't afford TV raise a bunch of money and get a radio show. Oh my gosh. You know, like that was kind of, because yeah. the, the idea is, is that that's one of the most efficient ways yeah. of getting the gospel out to the masses. And that's is, a good thing. They got that. Is using media. Yeah. <laughs> so that was right. their understanding yeah. of media, that yeah. it's either, look, it's either TV right. or it's or it's radio or it's the newspaper, you know, or magazines, that kind of thing. And back in the day, there weren't other options, really. Yeah. I was just thinking about that. Like now, like we're, we're here, you yeah. know, and, and I put this entire thing together for less than $3,000. You you couldn't have done that back in the day. Yeah. Like a three three that would get you maybe a camera. Yeah, you know. And so what I'm wondering is, on one hand, that's awesome. Like on one hand, that's great. Everybody gets a platform now. On the other hand, that's kind of that's kind of terrifying as well. In that anybody with a cell phone can have their own 
television channel, their own sure. station, their own kind of thing. Yeah. So what I'm wondering, Patricia, is, is like when it comes to this kind of this new era of the kingdom of God and and ministry and and social media, um, wh- like where where do you see this all going? And what are some of the things where you feel like where you feel like um, uh, there's incredible opportunity? And also, what are some, what are some of the areas where you feel like as as the kingdom we we need to we need to kind of be praying into and be be kind of watchful and vigilant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, number one, everyone should be on media because God opened it up for Hold us. Hold on, everyone. Everyone should be on media. <laughs> Every Christian. Should okay, be there on we go. Media. Yeah. No, I was tracking with you, <laughs> okay. but that's a, such a big statement. Yeah, every Christian should be on media because we have a message. Yes. And we've been commanded to preach the gospel to every creature. Where in the history of man or the church have we been able to get in front of the whole wide world That's right. and preach the gospel to every creature? That's right. You just push a button and there it is. It's out there and share <laughs> yeah. it. And I mean, if you want to, you could even you know buy a boost post if you wanted to and reach people um, that you know aren't in your pool of influence. You could reach people in other religions, you know, just through yeah. uh, targeting the marketing. Right? Yeah. It's just a phenomenal day that we're in, but. If we abdicate our position in media and we we wow. just waste our days wow. and you know drink coffee with friends and and say nothing to the world that yeah. we live in, yeah. um, if we abdicate that position, it will be filled. But it will be filled with things that are harming yeah. mindsets that are harmful mindsets, yeah. and so a lot is being communicated right now. We're in the decade of the mouth, according to the Hebrew calendar. This is pay. It's a it's a decade of the mouth, Interesting. and so we have to make sure that our mouth is opening up, speaking God's word and speaking God's truth, yeah. because. The devil has a narrative planned that people will jump on board with his his current, you know, if they don't have any other options. But I'm convinced that when people hear the truth, they will want the truth. You yeah. know, it'll 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 resonate because we were created in truth. We were created for the truth. We were created by the truth. And so when we hear truth, we will resonate. That's what happened to me when when I heard the gospel. And so. Um, but if there is no truth being spoken, if the word is not being spoken, then no faith can be released into people's hearts to receive that truth. And so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Therefore, we need to preach it, preach it, preach it. Mm-hmm. And these days, I mean, especially I love social. I love social media yeah. because social media, you can be so relaxed and so real and so authentic. Sure, sure. You know, it was really funny a, a while back. I was, um, I was thinking that I had my my Facebook onto a private group. And um, it was a small private group. And so I was, I had no makeup on. I think I was in my pajamas actually. And I started sharing and five minutes into it, I'm noticing, wow, there's a lot of likes and a lot of thumbs up coming through here. And I realized, oh my gosh, I am on my public page and there's over 200,000 people that could have the um, option of watching this. I thought, I can't believe it, but it was kind of too late to, you know, opt out sort of thing. So I yeah. just kept going. And I just shared from my heart because I I thought I was sharing with this small group of intimate friends, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And but I thought, no, I'm just gonna stay in the mode. These are all my friends and I'm talking Jesus talk right now and I'm just gonna share my heart and I'm gonna continue to be real. So, you know, sixty, seventy thousand views later. Oh my gosh. And all these comments, I'm thinking that was actually quite fun being relaxed like that and not wow. feeling like 
you had to do a preach, but just talk Jesus. Wow. Just just wow. chat Jesus. Just breathe Jesus, right? And and share your heart, share your concerns, share the Bible and 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 actually do relationship because I think that's what social media uh, shines with is the, yeah. the the ability to build relationship with your people and just be authentic and real. And so if we have pure hearts and a and a pure love for Jesus, and if we speak pure truth, good. and we get it out there and we fill the earth with that, it's light into the darkness. You know, it's like if there's no light going out, the darkness is there. There's nothing to penetrate it. There's nothing to expel it. We have to bring the light into the darkness. Yeah, and make sure that it's light. Make sure that we are salt and light. If we lose our salt, that's right. Then there's nothing it's to preserve. Nothing. Yeah. If we lose our light, there is, there's nothing to penetrate darkness. So yeah, it's so good. You know, one of the things I think is so inspirational about that is sometimes you know people might see uh, Patricia King in the studio, gorgeous lighting. I mean, your your guys' studio is just amazing there. Um, uh, but then when you go live and you're at home and you're, you're sitting at your, your table with a cup of coffee and, uh, and, peop- and, and the content is just as amazing when you're just going live on your phone as it is when you're right there in the, in the studio. And what I think, what I think is so inspiring about that is sometimes people think that they have to make a major investment into all the lights and cameras and, and, right. and into a team. But really all you need is a heart that is pure, like yeah. you were saying, and, uh, and a cell phone, <laughs> you yeah, know, like, exactly. and the Courage to hit go live, you know. Exactly, and I mean it is so simple to set up, and it, it, it's just so beautiful. It's just the greatest opportunity ever, and I think also what is so beautiful about social media, it 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 is so. It reveals um, the natural flaws, like mm-hmm. the, you know, it just reveals naturalness. Whereas a lot of times, if you are in a lit up studio your own soul has a different expectation. Wow, right? wow, that's true, it's And true. so it positions you differently, but there's something about social media that, that makes you so alive in Jesus because it's like, it's not about you. It is like right. you are so out of the picture when you're on social media, right, right? Right. And it's like your heart is connecting with the people that you're reaching, and you're connected to Jesus and just you know putting him forward. And it's like you know Jesus, I'm I'm just you know this is about you, and so let's let's build you big here, and let's talk you big, and let's talk your love big, and and it's it, it's so beautiful, and I believe it frees people to be just themselves as well that they don't have to copy someone or have a certain style it used to be like years ago you'd see certain evangelists get up on the platform and you could tell okay you've you've been trained to talk like that because like that's not normal right 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 (laughs) you know that's not the way you normally talk (laughs) right it's probably not the way jesus did (laughs) it either but you've been trained that way that's an expectation right? right right but there's something when that gets out of the way and it's just like you're you're connected to Jesus, the real, the real raw relationship, authentic relationship with Jesus and with the people that you're you're sharing with. Yeah. So. No. So yeah, I, I remember. Uh, you remember when Periscope was like a big yeah. thing, and um, and so I remember I, I tried to make it like a goal to get on a Periscope during the week, and uh, and I and I would go through books of the Bible, I'd go through chapters, I'd. I'd speak topically but i wanted to get on every day and uh, i met so much that's how i met charlie champ was actually yeah. on periscope and monday wow. martin and um and i said charlie champ, i've heard about you you know we just and yeah, we were yeah, yeah. on a phone conference a couple minutes later but like that was one of the best things for me 
of learning how to preach, learning how to say what I was trying to say, how to do it quickly and efficiently, you know, and then you know, there'd be all these trolls on there, people just trying to get you to, to, to fall off your game. Like, you know, like uh, the, there'd be a comment, your eyebrows are huge. And I remember like being like, what? You know, and like, it just completely throwing me off. And like, so I felt like, I mean, if you can preach on Periscope, you could preach on right. any on any stage. Yeah, yeah. Have you learned how to deal with distractions? If you learn how to yeah. just make your point and engage with people, it's such, it's such great practice just to right. go live and just go for it, you know? I just believe you can reach more people through social media than any other avenue right now. Yeah. And it's free. God set it up that way. That's why we cannot abdicate our position. That's good. That's good. The only reason why there's a bunch of garbage out there is because we, we, we haven't usurped it with, That's right. with our with our weight. We haven't created a tipping point of communication, which we have every opportunity to do that. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And speaking of media, you know, um, so Shiloh is Shiloh is a is a local church, but it's it's hosted in a studio, and so you have you have uh, you have you know like hundreds of people that are going to church there, literally in, a, in, in, in at the church. But then you've got thousands and thousands of people that consider Shiloh to be their church, and they're watching online. And I want to chat with you about that because here, here at Seattle Revival Center, um, there there would be not as large of an audience by any means, but certainly people that are watching online and consider SRC to be their their, yeah. their church, and they'll and, and they're they're tithing to SRC, and they'll they'll even visit and hey, this is our church, you yeah. know. And so it's it's an interesting question when it comes to. Uh, when it comes to wineskin, as far as um, do you want to, uh, because I've been on, so I've been kind of on the, uh, uh, there's a certain amount of tension there for me wondering how do you like, how do you, do you want to encourage that kind of behavior? Like I know that at Shiloh, you guys have really gone all in with this integration of media and church. But for me, uh, this, this whole idea, it's an older school kind of concept of what, of what community is and what discipleship looks like. And I was wondering, uh, and this is, this is, could even be kind of like just a little mentoring opportunity for me, as far as when you were thinking through in the original kind of mandate that the Lord gave to you for Shiloh and, and media church and online church. I know that, that uh, you guys have experienced you know, all kinds of stuff, but uh, could you speak into that as far as um, uh, uh, like uh, that there can be a healthy wineskin where, right. where we don't have to be afraid of it, but we can invite people right. into, and right. what does fellowship look like and discipleship and all that, and right. all that kind of thing? Well, I think that um, number one, you always need the word of the Lord to move forward on anything. He's yeah. the all wise God yeah. and he's interested in capturing every single person including the people out there that are so bitter and angry with the church that they wouldn't show up in one if you if you gave them you know cupcakes if they came right yeah or tesla right, right. yeah so um he just loves everyone and he wants to reach everyone sure and we've been in a trap because since the 1960s we we did away with the day of rest and so sundays is no longer a time when people are with family and intending on going to church they're working there whatever yep. so since we gave up the day of rest we are all stressed out we're busy our schedules are full uh you know we need more money to pay all the bills for all the stuff we have and so it's 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 it's, it's messed up totally, and we need totally. to kind of do something about that but yep. in the meantime 
God says love God, who is still going to reach out to his people. And definitely media church is one that can help them get connected to God and stay connected and worship and, and feel part. But going back to the beginning, when mm-hmm. God brought me into media, he, um, he told me to host a web church. And that was... T- uh, that was 20 years ago almost now so um, wow, wow. We, we started up a web church and we started it with 2000 2000 people signed wow, up for it wow. and we have pastors um that oversee that web church so they all had congregations um between 10 and 100 people each and then they could form groups we didn't have facebook at the very beginning wow. that wasn't um even this is before all the, the social time. yeah so um but they would phone uh their congregation they would email them and they would do special um little events on phone conference calls and stuff with them okay and minister to their spiritual growth so we found that a lot of the people that joined the web church were number one people in isolated areas like we had a lot of missionaries actually we even had two missionaries from an isolated area in china wow who would actually you know download all the messages and everything all night just to be able to watch them because they were in an isolated area but we had people like that we had people that were in like um northern areas of, of british columbia ontario places like that that had no um uh full gospel churches Mm -hmm. Uh, they just had maybe little catholic churches or whatever in their region so even if they went to church they wouldn't get their spirit filled and there was no opportunity for them so we had them yeah and then we had people who their schedule didn't allow them to go to church because they work sundays and so they wanted to belong to a church yeah and they wanted to be connected and then we had others who were um, still going to a church, especially families that had been generationally in a certain church, um, but they wanted the more. So we had wow. all kinds of different people meeting all kinds of needs. Oh, and then we had the disgruntled people who were <laughs> bitter with church. They loved the Lord, but they didn't want to belong to a church anymore sure. because they were too hurt. Sure. So we had assignments for each of those. Each person had different needs that the web pastors had to meet. So if they were bitter, there needed to be healing and forgiveness and all that worked on. If they wow. were isolated, they had to know how to develop community where they were and, wow. you know, and help wow. them do that. So that's how it started. But then about, was it, um, we just finished our fifth anniversary, right? Uh, I think. So it was six years ago then I was at Kim Clements in his studio ministering with him wow and it's such a prophetic environment i mean kim clement i mean his his studio there just was like a portal a revelatory portal right wow so i'm 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 doing this ministry with him and he um he's um on the keyboard and all of a sudden i get this download which is an actual mandate from god and he said i want you to start a church a media church in your studio and it can have a local presence, but I but I want you to broadcast it to the nations. Wow. And I thought, oh my goodness, because I've planted churches before. Yeah. And if you've ever pastored and planted a church, you know that it's not just like a piece of cake. Right, it takes right, a lot right. of time. There's a lot of warfare, a lot of people issues that go with it. You know, it's just very, very um, beautiful, but it can be draining. And I'm already over full time, right? Right. I'm just maxed out on my schedule, so I'm right. thinking this cannot be you. <laughs> right. Um, and but he just kept at me, so I went and got asked intercessors and my team to pray about it. Everyone came came back. And thought, yeah, I think this is the Lord. And I thought, oh my goodness. And then the Lord gave me a word. He said, it'll be like a woman in menopause 
who finds out she's pregnant. <laughs> That's incredible. And, yeah. And he says, you know, at first when you give birth to a child, you're not really wanting to have a, a, a new baby when you're in your 50s. But when you do, you'll love that child. It'll be the most special child you've ever had. Wow. So that wow. was the word of the Lord. So then we knew that we were to have a local congregation. Like I said, our, our, our studio only holds 120 people. So we have a congregation of about 350 okay. that locally are committed, okay. that call out their home. But we have three three services on Sunday, so you know between you know adults and and children, we have maybe every Sunday maybe about two hundred, maybe two thirty, two fifty. That's great. Show up That's great. Yeah, between the two services, including children. Yeah. So it's a small congregation locally, but then we have about ten thousand that are identifying with Shiloh on online. So. Through our web church, we encourage our online people to join the web church because that way they come into community. Even though it's not face-to-face most of the time, it's just online, but at least it's community and they can relate and we can find out what their needs are and pastor them. So we try to encourage that. But um, a lot of people, they just um, want to go online, worship, receive the word. But it's so funny when I, when where wherever I go, people will run up to me and they say, "I'm a Shiloh knight," and I just feel so part of it. And I thought that's got to be God, yeah, amen. because you're only sitting on the other side of a computer. That's right. And so it's got to be God that you feel like your family, and they'll they'll think, "Oh, you're my spiritual mother, you're my pastor, whatever." And Francisco gets the same thing, you know. And it's crazy. Robert gets the same thing. I think, Lord, this is a move of your spirit. You are breathing on that because in the natural, it doesn't makes sense yeah and i think that that's where i was getting at with kind of my old school way of thinking that's really being challenged you know last year i was a part of uh two different actually three different groups uh a a group with real flesh and blood in a room uh uh, in a home um and then i was a part of a pastor's group you know with with francisco and a few other pastors Um, and then i was with another group and zoom all these people and the the depth of community and relationship that I had with people online yeah. over a screen was just as deep and maybe deeper, deeper in some ways than yeah. it was. And I don't know. There is something about a screen where we pay maybe a little bit more attention to people's face to what yeah. people are saying than being distracted by all the things that can happen in a room. Yeah. So so I'm definitely being challenged, but also certainly want to be a good steward. Of, of these opportunities because they're wonderful opportunities for discipleship. Absolutely. And a lot of times people on the other side of the screen will will feel more um, free. They're not inhibited. And so they share more. Like I've got a thousand, approximately a thousand people on a mentorship group that I have. It's incredible. And it, it is incredible when I think about it. Yeah. So I prepare the training for them uh, through videos, through manuals that they follow through with and that. Yeah. And then we have discussion groups and I'm on Facebook daily with them and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's like, we really do feel like a family. Yeah. When I meet the A-team, it's like, wow, you know, it's like a connection. But a lot of them, I've never seen them. I've read their comments i've sure i've you know heard them on a conference call or something like that but i've never met them until they come to me in a conference but you have this immediate spirit to spirit connection you can feel that your family and i think only god can do that because in the natural mind it doesn't make sense to me either 
but I just know that like some of the comments that we've had from that mentorship group have been like people weeping saying this has been the deepest mentorship I've ever had in my life it's been life transforming I've never had anyone to walk me through these spiritual things until now yeah. and I'm thinking wow and it's mainly through a video yeah. It's not all the time that I'm, you know, I mean, I'm there on Facebook, but the actual teaching and training is through a video and a manual. And yet, um, adding the social media component to it personalizes everything for them. And the Q&A sessions, of course, gives them their opportunity to really bring their heart forward, yeah. right? But yeah, it's an amazing day that we're living in. I love it. Yeah, it really is. One of the things I think of when you're talking about that is also that when you're doing a mentoring group, you are thinking about these very specific uh, people that you're going to be speaking into their lives. And so you're forming your content around the needs exactly. that they have. Versus sometimes, you know, when we lay out a sermon series or we're laying out a, a, a like a content plan mm -hmm. within a local church, uh, you know, sometimes we're not necessarily considering the needs of the people that are coming. We're we're more considering our passion in that season. Sure. And so there's something so precious about when you are creating specific content in order to meet the needs of your tribe. Yeah, exactly. Because that's actually quite rare. I mean, right. to have leaders that are listening to the needs of the tribe and then serving right. those needs. I think that's really what Jesus did. You know, yeah. people would just ask him questions. Like some of the best sermons we have from Jesus are because he just would do these big Q and A's. Right. He was really serving people where they were at instead, of, you know, because he could have just sat there and given us incredible yeah. Mind-blowing revelation from heaven, and you know, it's so. I think that there's something so significant about maybe even the content revolution that we're in right now, where we, or where if we don't really learn to listen, yeah. people aren't just going to sit there and listen to us anymore. Yeah, and we definitely want to take advantage of the opportunity because, you know, we don't know what's going to happen ten years from now. Maybe this won't be available. That's right. That's you right. know, work while it's yet day. For night is coming when no man right. can work. There are just seasons where something disappears and you don't want regret looking back and saying wow i could have done so much to advance the kingdom then yeah why didn't i use that opportunity you know and but it's everything every opportunity is before us now there is no tool that we don't have right now yeah like we have so many tools that we never had before but in this day when media is definitely being uh used by god mm -hmm. it reminds me of you know looking back almost Everything has been opposed. There's so much opposition, which I think is healthy. I think good opposition is healthy. But I remember when the the parachurch organizations came forward because sure. at first there was just local churches. Well, then all of a sudden in the 60s emerged these parachurch organizations. Sure, sure. And the way pastors would talk about them would be like they were parasites, right? <laughs> totally, totally. You know, and it was such a bad thing. Well, right. of course, you can see God's hand in raising up these different ministries Absolutely. with their areas of expertise and the equipping components that they offer to the body of Christ. And that were beyond denominational barriers or church barriers that they could reach beyond that and equip the bigger body and serve the bigger body and all these different mandates. But as it was being introduced by the spirit, a lot of natural eyes couldn't see it. That's right? right. That's right. And I think it's the same with media. Interesting. Because I feel that in the beginning when we were, you know, kind of cutting into this years ago, oh my goodness, the opposition was phenomenal. Like it was like you were the devil himself. <laughs> really? You know, starting, you know, like media church, you're gonna keep people away from churches. But wow. Wow. it's as you said in the beginning, it's like churches have actually grown. Church growth, it hasn't diminished. It is 
growing. We've never had so much church. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's everywhere. I mean, yeah. the mega church, the micro church, the the um, church in the coffee shops, the you know, the church on the streets, the church at media. I mean, it's church, church, church everywhere. So, I see that it's grown, and I, I believe that we do need to, um, in this hour especially, um, really uphold the word and really, you know, make sure that no matter what church it is, media, whatever, that the word is being honored because there's a lot of uh, voice out there right now, especially in the younger generation, saying, "No, nah, you know, we're not so sure that that's the." authoritative word of god no we're not so sure we don't really believe this part of it or that part of it and we we do have to be clear no we we do believe we are christians when we believe this is the word this is our handbook for life and we have to be clear well yeah and that and that, that brings me to this this question that i have for you regarding um uh like what i'll just call online rabbis so you have basically online teachers that are leading uh significant tribes there's something about the office of the teacher i think mm -hmm. that that has the ability to build a tribe in a way that perhaps no other office can there's something about giving knowledge hidden knowledge you know um i know something that nobody else knows you haven't been taught this and when you start giving that out online it there's some there's these huge tribes that are built around the office of the teacher which is really which is really interesting um but my question is is that sometimes you have ideas that are that are theoretical and that they haven't been they haven't really been put to the test within the context of of community oh. what i'm saying is some there are things that i'm teaching here that i know are going to be challenged right by by real life because right. we're in this together exactly and so my question to you patricia is regarding um uh, uh what this what what this looks like as far as accountability in an age where everybody can have a microphone yeah. where everyone can have a platform and yet we can teach stuff that hasn't really been tested yeah. within the context of community and so it's lacking a cer certain kind of accountability right and if and if and if if you'd be willing to speak into into that and i think maybe it's a larger question i think maybe it's the idea of of in, like the independent spirit that can sometimes isolate us yeah. like and this thing of what is what does it mean to be ministers that are connected right i think i mean it's such a good question and i really believe that this in this decade we need to have some very critical apostolic prophetic roundtables with all fivefold ministries present mm -hmm. um, with the voice of every um, part of the body represented mm -hmm. we have some big questions that need to be asked and we need some solution mm -hmm. on many levels and i think this is one the whole subject of accountability is huge yeah, right now right but um the thing with accountability is it's a big farce unless it's from the heart. Yeah. And so like you and I both mm -hmm. know of situations where you know people say that they're accountable but they're only accountable on paper. And so when you try to hold them to accountability and it can look like a glowing they'll be on a platform saying yeah i'm accountable this is my accountability team mm -hmm. and use all the big names and everything and people are like wow this will be a safe person then yeah but yeah. then when they're challenged all of a sudden no that person's not my accountability person anymore this one is and and so it's so it it's it, it's so uh false in mm -hmm. that sense 
So I think accountability, like I love accountability, and I think one of the greatest blessings we could do right now is preach on it. Yeah, preach on the the joy of it, the importance of it. Because I don't know, I was just from the very beginning of becoming a Christian, I just loved my pastors. I was in a really good church community, and we had a code of honor. We weren't taught like honor like we are today because there's so much great teaching on honor but we were taught um by the spirit i think yeah. we just honored our leaders and when our leaders um disciplined us we we accepted the discipline it was it was good you know and so and and part of that was because the discipleship movement had kind of come in with like mixed in with the charismatic renewal there and so it did offer a bit of structure okay. there, even though it kind of went off in a ditch somewhere. But there were some good things in it too. Okay. And so I, I think I began to like I loved accountability. I saw the value of it, mm-hmm. and I think if we can preach the value of it, because like right now I have layers of accountability, wow. layers of it, wow. and wow. I wow. love it. And I have like a situation on the table right now, yeah. actually, and I'm I've been in in, in full time ministry since 1980 so it's almost 40 years wow that's, okay that's awesome and i've and i've served the lord for 45 yeah okay? that's awesome so um in in that i would call myself a bit seasoned as far as experience and, and that and i've i've seen different things but um my accountability team has asked me not to preach something and not to be associated with a particular uh, ministry that they have concerns about. Mm-hmm. And I feel a bit differently than they do. And I've I've humbly submitted my my feelings. But I said, but you're my accountability team. So wow. I'm laying this down. Wow. Because I believe that God, if he needs me to be connected with that person in a ministry situation, or if I can be free to even express some of the things that I believe about that, he will make a way and he will endorse it through my accountability team. Wow. Yeah, I really so good. have faith really for good. that. So I love it because it is it has made me a better person. Um, I we are mutually accountable on our team mm-hmm. in ministry. We have absolute permission to bring each other accountable to the values in our foundation. And so we love that. And we feel safe with each other in that. It is just a code that we've taught and we love. And I think that if the body could be taught how beautiful it is, without control, I'm not talking about an ungodly control and accountability, but with a real healthy accountability and interaction and love and relationship in it, it would be so beautiful and more people would want it. And so in the local church, when you've got all this stuff out there, um, I think that we could equally speak about the importance of being accountable and having things like that tested and not being lone rangers out there, um, the danger of it. I think that, you know, we don't have to be afraid to mention the dangers or to confront things. Sure, that's right. You know, I don't think we have to be afraid to raise the bar in this hour. That's right. You know, and be strong because I believe that those who really want the truth will hear the truth. And some might go off with with uh, with a cult leader or whatever. Some might. Sure. But if we speak the truth, then at least they can make a proper choice. If they don't have the truth, like we've been in a situation recently where something was exposed, like a whole bunch of stuff exposed in the background of a leader. But people didn't know it. Most people didn't know what was going on. So they were buying into a lot of the stuff, and a lot of them were getting victimized and stuff like that. Wow. But then it came out into the open. It was exposed officially. And so now people can still go. I mean, that person hasn't stepped down from what they're doing. People can still go and follow them, but at least now they know. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, yeah, it's good. And I believe that if we do speak the truth, those who really love the truth will adhere to it. Yeah, that's right. And those who don't, won't. But if we don't speak the truth, then all that error is out there and they have nothing to nothing to compare it to or nothing that will give them any warning at all. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. And I mean, I mean, and I think it also brings us back to the importance of the church. Mm-hmm. Like to the church, it has been give, given the the office of the apostle, yeah. the prophet, the exactly. pastor, the teacher, and the evangelist, right? For these different safeguards, yeah. in a in a in a time of such media, and on, you can get, do online courses, yeah, studying everything from filmmaking to sure. to advancing in the prophetic. Um, and if if you're really knit into like a good local church, you can subscribe to all these sure. wild, uh, amazing things. Some of it, some of this, even just wild, kind of mystic, exotic theology that's kind of yeah. kind of fun, but not necessarily all that. You know, you can you can dive into a bunch of this stuff. And then uh, I got people in our church who are going through courses, sure. uh, uh, and they're firing off ideas past me. And Pastor, what do you think about this? And I'm able to speak into their life. And you're able to pastor them in it, which that's is right. beautiful. Yeah. I really believe in the local church. And I, I, I always encourage people, like, just get connected to a local church where you can be committed, where you can pass your love tests, where you yeah, can pass right. your faith tests, where that's you right. can uh, grow in a community. It's it's important, very important. Yeah, and I think that, um, you know, so we were, third. I was a third generation Assemblies of God. We ended up uh, transitioning out back in 2015. Mm-hmm. But one of the, the, the questions that came up over and over and over again is, well, if we're not going to be a part of the Assemblies, then who are we going to be accountable to? You see, there was like an assumption that if you're a part of a denomination or if you're part of a network, the assumption is that there's accountability there. And so we, that was a great question for us to be asked because um, what, what we realized is that we need specific forms of accountability for specific things, Yeah. right? Um, so you can't just be accountable in all the areas of your life to one to one person. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that you need several people. And so it, uh, uh, this leads me to a question I have for you in regards to the, this, uh, the, this movement of networks and denominations and, uh, and, and uh, that are quite large, where you can't really necessarily right. know everyone that's in your network. So like, like, how do you be accountable to somebody that you don't really, how do you hold somebody accountable if you don't really know them? Yeah. And the question actually is, what do you see in the future for the kingdom in regards to the new networks uh, and these new places of fellowship that are going to be emerging? Are you, are you seeing much as far as what's to come in that area? Or do you think that denominational kind of mindset is a thing of the past and an old, an old wineskin? That's a good question. I don't even know if I've considered it before, but I will say this about networks. Sure. Because if a network is just putting your name on an email list or someone's phone list and you show up in an event once a year, it's not really much of a network, okay? Um, there, there has to be a purpose for that. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe the purpose is simply um, to you know, become aware of people that are thinking the same as you so that you can move yourself into connecting with others or something, which is valuable. I think that, you know, that's got a place of um, you sure, know, being, sure. being valuable on some levels for sure. I belong to four networks, actually, okay. four different ones, and they all represent different things. One is a global seven mountain emphasis, another is prophetic, another is healing, and just um, I have a, a, a close relationship with the leader, so it, it's like sure, it's, sure. it's beautiful that way. And then another one is our own, which is a women in ministry network. Yep. And 
how we structured that one because it's a very um, uh, clear mandate that the Lord gave on that, but very much in sync with what you're questioning on, I think, mm-hmm. because when the Lord spoke about putting the network together, we had to say, okay, what are you looking for in this, and and what are these women needing, and why do they need to network? Wow. You know, those wow. are the questions, wow. right? And so we realized that a lot of women didn't have support in their local churches. Um, uh, you know, they, they needed um, equipping. That was another thing, is yeah, that many of them yeah. lacked e- equipping, even though they had significant places on the different mountains of influence in, in society. They were in business, they were in government, they were in education systems, all that kind of stuff, but they had no one to connect to of the, that were in the same places they were doing the same things. So what we did is we um, broke up... Um, it into geographical locations for the most part okay. to put a leader over each geographical location with only 20 people in each group. Wow, that's So great. that they could have interaction with one another yeah, in the great. local area and even get together sometimes for coffee or for, you know, online with a Skype call or sure, Zoom sure. call or something. And then they could have camaraderie. They could ministry, minister to one another. They could intercede for each other's mandates and stuff like that. And then having, of course, um, the um, Facebook was amazing also. But then we started out of that doing uh, media. We have monthly conference calls with them, letting them express their message so that, so that we can do mandates together awesome. as well. So I think each network has to ask the hard questions. Where's this going? Like, what is it for? Is it just to say that you belong to something, but there's no connection, there's no equipping? We we put a whole institute together of training for women so that they could get trained in different areas and so That's that great. they could become trainers as well, yeah. that in their areas of expertise that we could get um, equipping for other women for them and so that women would hear their stories and have the courage to move forward in the covering as well and do the ordination for the ones that you know, qualify so that, you know, they, they are covered. Yeah. So I think that's a big question is like, where are the networks going? What are they for? How can we perfect them? Because I think it's great. Honestly, I think uh, the networks that I belong to, I'm thankful for. Okay. And I, there's relationships that are built through those networks that I value. And um, some of the projects that we work on together, I value. Um, But I think that we could even make them even more effective. And so as far as accountability, I think most networks are pretty loose. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that ours is on some some areas because outside of our, um, you know, groups of 20, you know, there's no like, I mean, we don't require any financial input or anything like that in our sure, network sure. and stuff like that. Sure. So it's not like you're... Um, you know, you're going to be church planting together or anything like that, right? Right, right, so, right. So, I mean, I'm just verbally processing right now, but I think that what do denominations offer that um, is different from networks? Well, I think denominations, of course, are usually built around um, same doctrine, for sure. Okay. You know, the theology and the doctrine is definitely a big foundation of a it's yeah, you what, sign off it, on it, right? It's what defines right, the denomination, right, right. right? So that's a big thing, and accountability to that doctrine and to the growth, to the growth of that mandate. Interesting, so, interesting. Yeah. So I think in networks you don't have that the same. Interesting. So it almost seems like that there's a um, 
uh, that that's interesting you say because that's absolutely true like like when i was part of the assemblies i would have to sign off on all 16 fundamentals it is kind of funny because when i met with them to let them know that we we're in and i and i got to kind of process through some of the fundamentals that that i didn't agree with and they actually told me like hey you didn't have to sign off on those <laughs> it, 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 there's people at springfield that that have the same theology that you would have um concerning that and i thought what i've been signing off on these every year for the last you know and they're like no 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 like like we just ask that you're not being divisive right. and that you're not you know um but that a denomination basically uh uh you ha you have to be a part of that doctrinal system versus a network can be almost more kingdom um you know, and allow for there to be differences. Right. And, and with a with with a denomination, it actually depends on the people who are leading it, and so depending on who's leading it and their style of leadership, and you know, that makes a big difference too. Sure. And 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 if you're inside the denomination, then you are definitely working for the denomination. Whereas in a sure. network, sure. everyone's pretty much independent and. And working with more of a camaraderie together, um, you know, I mean, they obviously have similar, um, you know, similar foundations of belief, you know, with, you know, some some differences, but similar. But you've got ministries who are independent ministries coming together, which is, you know, cool. I mean, no one's governmentally controlling you. Whereas in a denomination, it's a little different. Yeah, and I think that the 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 the, the thing that's appealing about a network or a fellowship is the idea that that most people want to belong to a movement, not just not just a tribe. You know, it, right. it's great to have friends where you're speaking the same language, but but because of Facebook and Instagram, these different things, like we can feel connected without necessarily signing sure. our lines to the same kind of uh, signing our names to the same kind of agreement and formalizing it. And yet at the end of the day, I know so many people that are in ministry, so many people that are doing incredible things. And yet like we're all kind of doing autonomous kind of independent forms of ministry. And yet I know that, that we, that almost everybody that, that I'm running with has a desire to be a part of a kingdom movement on the earth mm -hmm. where there's some form of partnership in order to, to establish something that can live long beyond us. And I right. think that that's the thing that's really appealing about a fellowship. But I think that I think that a generation is trying to process what, what the difference is. Like they want to be a part of a fellowship where there's actually fellowship. Right. You know. And where you can bring things to the table together and get the different viewpoints. That's really beautiful. Like in in some of the um, networks that I belong to, that's a valuable piece, right? When you get to just connect with people and just bring things to the table and yeah, what do you think about this and how do you handle that in your ministry? And it, it, it is very precious. Yeah. All right. So I just want to ask you, so here we are 2020, right? We're still first quarter. What are you, what are you like, what is the Lord really put in your heart for this year? Like what, what do you, what, what Patricia King, what is your crosshairs? What, what are you on target yeah. to really kind of go after this year with the Lord to really partner with him to really establish in the kingdom? Well, what the Lord has, has done for me personally, and everyone's going to have their own peace because he's doing so much right now. Um, I, um, I, I was marked by God in July of last year on an assignment, which mm -hmm. was uh, grueling. I'll just be honest with you. It was a grueling assignment. It was the one that I would have asked for, but it was one that he gave me. But in it, I started to get an intercessory prayer burden, and I started to get some 
very clear encounters with wrestling with principalities and powers. And wow. God started showing me uh, different things that had to be brought into alignment. Wow. And, um, you know, things that had to be identified, even some mixtures that get in mm-hmm. um, with the church, especially in the Western church in particular, and uh, that have infiltrated into society and from society into the church. Sure. And so I'm I'm in an intercessory mandate right now wow. and in a prophetic mandate. Wow, yeah. And so I'm just trying to maneuver through that, asking the Lord, how do you speak the truth in love? How do you how do you bring things that need to be spoken um, to produce a really beautiful bride, wow. but bring it wow. forth in a way that is uh, going to be healthy? And so that is my um, my mandate and my wrestling right now is that. And uh, so I've been before the Lord on that, um, speaking the truth in love, bringing forth. Um, God's tone is changing in some ways. Yeah, The way I explain it, is like when my boys were growing up, I would go into the room sometimes, let's say, and they're, they've got stuff all over the floor or whatever. And I say, okay, boys, pick up the clothes, sure. put them in the, in the closet, and then come for breakfast. So sure. 10 minutes later, if they're not at breakfast, it's like I go and check it out. They're still playing, still stuff on the, the, the floor. So at that point, my tone changes. Absolutely. And, and my love doesn't change. That's right. You That's know, right. That's or my, right. my grace for them doesn't change, but my tone changes That's right. because they need to know, no, this is serious. You, you really do need to hang up the clothes. You really do need to come for breakfast. That's right. right. So, um, um, I feel that there's, in some aspects, a change of tone that mm-hmm. the body's going to have to get used to in God. Wow. And um, that it's going to be very beautiful and very wonderful. Um, but some people might be shocked by it. Yeah. And even wonder if it's God. Yeah. So I've been studying a lot of past revivals to watch just the voice of God, how the voice of God changed in different um, eras. So when you look at the first and second great awakenings and you study the sermons, for example, out of those awakenings, it was like very different from what totally. we've been hearing the last 70 years, totally, right? Totally, totally. Very, very different. But it was addressing issues that need to be addressed and adjusted in that day that ultimately brought social reform at the end of it. But there were things that had to start in the church to bring the church into alignment at that time in order to bring those really important reforms. Um, so there's just like throughout church history and throughout biblical history even, you'll see um, God um, presenting differently at different times when needed. Like even, you know, Elijah with confrontation um, and the God of the Old Testament is the same God in the New Testament. We That's don't right. have two gods. That's it's right. all That's the right. same God. So his heart hasn't changed. That's he, right. He, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So it's like, God, everything's finished now in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. but the behaviors of your people aren't necessarily manifesting the life that's been given to them. So how do we reconcile that? How do we bring people back Mm -hmm. to see who they are and act accordingly and um, change society as a result of that to bring reform? So these are the big um, things I'm looking at right now. Sure, The things I'm before the Lord with to see the bride prepared in a beautiful way, a glistening bride in the midst of 
the harvest. I, I very much am just really passionate about the harvest that's going on right now. But I feel more to walk in partnership with those that I trust. Sure. And uh, being involved in that. But my heart is for the body, especially it's it's harvest time. Jesus talked about um, the harvest time where the wheat and the tares that grew up in the same field together yeah. would come to a place where the tares would be removed. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a time when God says, okay, let's examine our own lives even and say, God, would you remove the tares? Anything that was a wrong seed in there, it could be a seed of doctrine or a seed of of the flesh or something, like anything that that grew up in this garden of life, could you remove it? Because I only want what's glory, right? Yeah. And I feel like we're in that season. I believe it's a word of alignment. God is saying align, align to the truth. And so anything that's not according to the plumb line of truth, he wants to address in this hour to bring us back to who we are. And I think it's because, and I, I really... I you know, I mean when you see things prophetically it always feels like it's in the now, right? Yeah, yeah. But I see it so big, this big, great move, massive move of presence and kingdom just manifesting in the earth right and i don't know what it's going to look like or feel like i'm just almost afraid to to imagine it because it'll be probably so much different but it's so much better than what i could ever imagine so i want to be positioned for it and to receive it and to be everything that god's looking for so that's my voice for the church in this hour awesome is to see that established and people strong and whole and living for god and not not bringing in behaviors that are contrary to his love and his purity you know just come on let's let the life of god flow like a river and manifest the the beautiful precious um love that he's given us so yeah yeah so good that's so good patricia um you know one of the things that we've been looking at here in seattle seattle bible center is that you know moves of god and not because god quits moving right moves of god and because of man you know man man's issues man's sure. character you know and so because of this it's so important that we have a good there's no shortage of wine but there is a shortage of wineskins right people that have the the disciplines the friendships sure. the relationships the community the open right. lines of communication and i think that that it's so beautiful to hear really what you're going after in the season because the lord's really using you to prepare a new wineskin so that we can see that a move of God that's been prophesied where, mm-hmm. where there's no end to it. There's no, it's not a three year thing. It's not a, a even a 30 year thing, like the great awakening, but that there is, yeah. there's such a, a character, there's such relationship, there's such trust and commitment yeah. that we can, we can run together for Come the, on. and if one man doesn't make it, it's not going to botch the entire move right. because it's, it's, it's bigger than a man and it's, and it's this place of fellowship. And so I, I just love your desire to, to not like what I've known about you over the years is that you're not an end justifies the means kind of a person. Mm-hmm. You're, you're the kind of person that's, that that's not so, so concerned about the outcome. You really want to make sure that things and people are healthy. Mm-hmm. And I so appreciate that about you, Patricia. Thank and, you. and so appreciate just, uh, just this last season that, 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 that you've been in. Um, and just to go after this, this place of that you, you've been going after justice and truth mm-hmm. and to be a voice for the voiceless that that's who you've always been mm-hmm. you've always been an advocate for for victims you've always mm-hmm. you know uh, uh uh and so uh just believing that there's gonna be such a uh, 
such a harvest for you right. because of what you've sown you. in this in this last season. Yeah, it's time for us to raise the bar so that the kingdom can come. That's so, right. I mean, it's an eternal kingdom, right? So, I mean, just think of that. Like you mentioned earlier, not not stopping. Yeah, why that's should right. we? That's right. Right. That's right. That's right. Why, why should Why should God's presence or a, a tangible move of the Spirit ever end? That's right. Because the kingdom is eternal. That's right. And so, but we need to position because God's not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he'll reap. So, if we do so, I'm talking about the, not just an individual, but the church. If we sow to the flesh we will reap that's right you know and so we will reap corruption it says actually so that's what is on that's a burden on my heart right now and i want to see i want to see sowing to the spirit and reaping life right it's going to be so good Podcasts are definitely trending right now. There are so many brand new podcasts that are hitting the market. And I think that iTunes is kind of overwhelmed. And one of the ways that iTunes aggregates what's hip and relevant from the rest of the noise that's hitting the web is through ratings and reviews. A bunch of you have already taken the time to leave a rating and a review of this podcast. And I just wanted to say thanks. You guys are incredible and you're so supportive and I love you. And if you haven't had a chance to take that minute or two to leave a review. If you do that, that'd be incredible. And I've created a shortcut to get you there. It's thedarenshow.com. That's thedarenshow.com. You can give it one star, and that means that you think it's kind of lame. Or you can give it five stars, and that means that you think this thing be dope, be tight, be off the chain. So if you would take the minute or two to leave a review, that would be mighty fine of you. Again, it's thedarenshow.com. Thanks, guys.